I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Our guest today has been on quite a wild ride. She has been through two bankruptcies, and she now is the founder and CEO of Poopery, which is a $300 million company. Susie Batiste is a force to be reckoned with, and she is extremely resilient, if you can imagine. I love her ability to trust her gut and pick herself back up after a couple of different businesses and in this ride that she's been on over the last 10 years with this company, Poopery, Susie keeps it real. She trusts her gut and um, she is not a bullshitter. She will tell you, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. It's been 10 years and this company has grown and grown organically and she's had offers to sell it, but she doesn't want to sell. She's still having fun. I think you'll enjoy Susie's spirit, most of all, um, but her stories and her tips and just learnings are pretty valuable as well. Before we hop into this episode, let me fill you in on a little secret of mine. That's Headspace. It's a guided meditation app, and I never imagined that doing something for 10 minutes a day could increase my quality of life so much. I've always struggled with knowing when to make things happen versus when to let things happen. Sometimes things go very well when I push on the gas, and sometimes not so much. It gets me into trouble. Headspace has helped me with learning how to trust my intuition, and I've tried meditation off and on for years. It's never stuck, but this time it has. I've made a very intentional shift in my morning routine, and that's to wake up, have my coffee, do Headspace, journal, and then I check my email, my social media, all of my devices. It's been a big shift, but great result. My aunt used to say, don't let anything rent space in your head for free. That's valuable real estate. Headspace allows me to be a much better landlord of my thoughts, especially first thing in the morning. You can go to headspace.com forward slash why not now for a free trial. And if you stick around to the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can get a month for free. Susie, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh my God, I'm amazing. Yeah, I feel Great. really good. good. Great weather here in Dallas. You said, I'm sorry about that. So were you saying there's great weather in Dallas? 
Yeah, it's a little bit chilly. We haven't had that much of a winter, so it's a little chilly. So we got to wear coats today, and that's always fun when you live in Texas. Pretend like you live somewhere cold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's hop right in uh, and talk about your why not now. So can you think of a time and share a moment, a day, an hour maybe, when you were faced with a decision that needed to happen and you decided, okay, this is it. I'm going to X, Y, Z and, and walk us through. Let's dissect that a bit. Yeah. You know, whenever I um, was aware of your show and I thought about that, it's really interesting, Amy Jo, because my personality is people around me say they're afraid to tell me ideas because I want to do them. So I'm very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, with this, it's like, what have I, you know, what am I thinking? What recently? Why not now? And that's actually building my own brand, the Susie Batiste brand. Um, and I was always resistant to doing that. I thought, you know, oh my God, everybody has their, you know, their brand. And, you know, some of the women motivational speakers and I was pretty resistant until recently what's happened in our world. What I realized is it's really time for me to forget about all that and step up. And if I can, you know, I listened to back then they were all males, but Zig Ziglar, Norma Vincent Peale and Tony Robbins and all those guys. So I was like, okay, why can't I just do that? And maybe I can inspire people the same way. Those were, those people were lifelines for me. So that's my recent um, and most profound stepping up. Very interesting. And I think this is something that so many people are contemplating, or maybe they've recently done the same. And can you talk a little bit about kind of why you're resistant? And not only that, second side of that is what happened for you to realize, you know what, this is necessary. Maybe it was a sense of responsibility. I don't know. But, but first, why were you resistant? I was resistant because, um, you know, I think most, I'll talk about women right now. I, I can't speak from a male perspective, but a lot of times women, you know, it's, you know, sometimes women can be really, very catty, you know, oh, you're full of yourself, you know, it's better to be humble. You know, a lot of these older teachings, which I think have a lot of value, but at some point, I, I believe that a lot of us, and even myself, I sort of take those things like, oh, be humble, to mean that doesn't mean don't let your light shine, right? So I can use that as a way to cover up and hide, which seems kind of safe. It seems safer. I'm less vulnerable. If I don't put myself out there, you know, used to when people talk to me about poopery and say, oh, my God, it's so successful. I'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't really me. Um, so there's a level of being able to step up and really own, like, hold on, I really did this shit. Like, I did it. And I do know some things. And I am able to inspire. So it was my own insecurities and just uh, social conditioning, I believe. And cultural conditioning. Sure. And that's, I think that's also, um, you know, it's, it's baked into kind of female DNA a bit to say, oh, well, and kind of make excuses or not necessarily excuses, but um, redirect the focus or maybe the, um, the accolades. And first of all, it's awesome <laughs> because I've, I've had the you know honor of getting to know you a little bit, and I think that the world can use more um, women like yourself uh, to share share what's on your mind, and you've you've seen and done a lot. But but also the 
the moment. So was there something that happened and a specific situation? I've seen some of the the content and communication on the Women's March and some of the um, proceeds that are being donated towards certain causes with your company. Um, did that have anything to do with it or was there something else that triggered you? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's actually one event. One of the things that I'm writing a book right now called Radical Resonance. And what the book is about is about living your life, uh, really focusing on going towards resonant ideas. And those are ideas that bring us alive, you know, and noticing what brings us alive versus things that don't bring us alive. For example, you know, Aunt Charlotte comes over and I don't like talking to Aunt Charlotte. She, you know, drags me down. Or if it's one of your friends, it's like Debbie Downer. And you're like, why am I still going to tea with this woman? I really teach women to focus on things that bring you aliveness. And what I realize is I'm really alive when I speak. So there's three radical resonance that I think apply here that I teach people. And one of them is how to know that the idea keeps coming back around to me. Like it, it's almost like a, a ghost. It keeps haunting me like, you know, or you need to do that. Okay. Resonance, you know, everybody wants to hear this. So that's one of the things that keeps coming back around. Secondly, I get body sensations. Like I get chill bumps, you know, whenever I talk with women, I'm in front of a, a women's group talking to, you know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of women. Like I just feel amazingly energized. Like I know that brings me aliveness. And thirdly, our synchronicities, you know, um, all of a sudden, you know, someone is, is having something about, you know, aliveness or something. I'm like, oh my God, I've been thinking of that. So whenever these things start lining up, that's how I know that it's actually resonant for me. And I can kind of step out of what do I want versus it's almost like a body sensation of going towards. And it's like, oh, okay, now's the time. It's like a door opens and it says, now's the time. The idea has been floating around. I get body chills. I get excited. But then the synchronicities, when that adds on, that's when I start moving forward. I love that you brought this topic up because it was on my list of things to talk to you about in, in looking at and in, in doing research on your, your path you talk a lot about intuition and you've trusted your intuition and this kind of internal GPS. And um, it's something that for 2017, it's my big focus of really trying to get in tune with this intuition thing, because although everybody has it, I think I've really kind of suppressed it and and I get way too logical and analytical at times, but trying to really focus on the the heart, not just the head and and having them in sync. And when you talk about these physiological, you know, things that happen when you're in the right place, you're kind of in your zone, you're in your flow, you're, you know, in your mode of potential. um, Is that something that you've always kind of been able to pay attention to? Are there other things that have led you to better understand your intuition? Because here I am overthinking it, but I mean, I literally have a reminder in my calendar, like head versus heart pops up at 10 a.m. every day because that's usually when I am jamming. I like, I'm a morning person. I get a lot done and I have to stop and think, okay, how do you feel? And and it's a thing, you know, there are companies now that, um, and, and coaches that help, especially, I just heard this, um, powerful men in Silicon Valley, there's, there's this coach who helps them really pay attention to their intuition and physiologically how they feel because they're so, 
you know, mind analytical focused and it's improving their business. But um, talk to me a little bit more about this because you seem to be very dialed in and, and have been. Yeah, thank you. And I, first of all, I want to tell you is I was exactly where you were. I mean, we all are pretty much. Any child, every child has this intuition. A, a child, and someone who brings it to an adulthood is actually in a very blessed <laughs> environment because generally what we're told is, you know, smile, it'll be okay. Uh, you know, just go ahead and push through it. You know, we're... Um, we, we operate a lot off of adrenaline and off of, we really will reward our children also for all analytical, logical thinking, right? Think about school and grades. It's not, I remember I used to get in trouble, Amy Jo, because in uh, math, I could come up with the answer and they would say, show your work. And I would say, well, I, I don't know. I just know the answer. And I would get in trouble for that. And what I realized now is I was just really quick and really intuitive, but it wasn't rewarded nor seen in school. So first of all, don't beat yourself up. You are where everybody is. Um, but the good news is, is we all have this internal GPS system within ourselves and we call it intuition. We call it a lot of things. I've actually talked to a cellular biologist. I've been talking to physicists because I wanted to know like what's alive, how does this happen? And it's basically physics. So what happens is something called constructive interference or resonance. And it's when two energy waves that are on similar wave paths get together, they create more energy than they do apart. So for example, how do you know that the love of your life is the love of your life? Well, you can set up talking all night long until 4 a.m. and you can get up and go to work and suddenly you have energy, right? You're like, where did this energy come from? It came from resonance. You two together have more energy than you do apart. It's the same way with idea. It's the same way with, um, and it's basically energy. Down to a cellular level, every cell will go towards life. If you look on a microscope you look at a cell moving around it's jiggling it's looking for aliveness okay mm -hmm. so it's it's, okay. it's using its own internal radar so i've done a lot of research is what's going to be in the book is about telling you like this is science okay this isn't woo woo your intuition is real and it's just you going towards life force energy you going toward what brings you alive now the other side of that is things that aren't together with you. Let's say you take two energy waves that are that are vibrating at opposite patterns. It doesn't mean one right and one wrong. It just means that together it creates less energy than you do with that. That's the person that you go, oh, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you know, shooting myself, you know, it's super dramatic, but you know, mm -hmm. after I talk to this person, but you know, you've had those people or those situations or those jobs and it doesn't mean the job's bad. The person's bad. It's just not resonant with you. And if you think of intuition more as resonance, more than intuition, because sometimes that word intuition is this woo-woo word, like what is it? But think about what, when do I feel good and when do I feel bad? If you can start doing that and just leaning towards and going towards the things that really kind of turn you on, because that's literally what's happening, of course, not in a sexual sense, but in a life force energy sense, that's your, that's your natural motion that you want to go to. Children do it all the time. This is awesome. I love the science behind it too and what you've you've done from a research standpoint. And it's the whole one plus one equals three or 11. And in, in business school, they called it the media multiplier effect. It, looking at it from a little bit more of a scientific standpoint, because I think there's this, I'm going to call it kind of this fluff bucket that I've always had. And I would stick intuition in there. I would stick, you know, maybe even meditation. And, and at times 
this whole idea of gratitude, gratitude, um, which you know is good, and you know all those things are good, but they, they end up, in my opinion, they ended up into the this fluff bucket, and now, I don't know if it's age or what it is, but I find myself digging through this bucket going, actually, no, this is like brilliant strategy, and this is a power play if I dig this one out, and wow, this is a chess move. So it's it's nice to better understand kind of some of the literal facts and science behind it. So thank you for that. And one of the things that that I have read about you and and in general kind of the vibe that not only your brand and company, um, but your personal brand exude. And that's, um, it's a little bit of, you figure things out, right? So I've, I've heard you say, you know what? you don't know what you're doing <laughs> at all times. And here you run this, you know, this $300 million empire and you're um, obviously have been very successful, but you're also very honest about the fact that y- you haven't necessarily mapped out every single move and you're, you're figuring it out as you go, right? Absolutely. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't have any moves mapped out. Like I never had a business plan. We just don't do that here. We have goals. Um, but we also quickly abandon those if they're not within resonance for our company. So, and I, I say that, Amy Jo, none of us have, none of us know what we're doing. We've never lived in this moment. I don't care what kind of schooling you've had. You can say I've done something sort of like this, but you've never been in this moment ever. It's fresh. It's new. And what I love to look at is, oh, from this place, what can I do now? Right. Mm -hmm. Because every moment is fresh and it's new. And that's the reason I think we stay so agile in business is we're able to say like, hey, hold on. What feels good for us? Because our goal is we don't know how any of this is going to play out. Right. You know, I can say, yeah, you know, I've got a company worth this amount of money, but you don't know what's going to happen. So our role, our rule is to have as much fun as possible and for all of us to be turned on as much as possible. And then if this thing all crashes, we've lost nothing and we've gained everything. We have a ton of experience. We have fun. We're, you know, accomplishing goals and dreams and it's a party, you know? So, so it's not about winning and losing anymore. It's just about playing and how can we play and do you want to play bigger? Okay. Yeah. We all want to play bigger and you know, we we want to play here and we want to play there. And that's literally the way we run the business, which is super fun. Yeah. There are quite a few, um, moments where it comes back to that feeling of, of childhood play and and um, trusting your intuition and things like that. Let's talk about this this for a second. So you've you've been very public about the fact that sure there have been offers to buy your company to be acquired. That's a bit of a why not now moment. So when someone reaches out to you or approaches you about it to surface this conversation, you've said no. And can you talk through what that was like? Was it a absolute no right out of the gate? Was it a thought process and and time to consider? In a way, that's a why not now moment. Why not now go left or right? (laughs) Great. Yeah, exactly. It is a why not now moment. I really love what you're doing here. Um, So what happened was, um, what I really do, Amy Jo, is I go inside. um, and, And I, for example, you know, you know, you, you get an offer and, it, and there's lots of noise and lots of static. What used to happen is I would always go outside and I would say, what do you think? And 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 sometimes I do that. 
sometimes people get frustrated because they say, you ask me my opinion and then you don't really take it because all I'm doing is gathering data, you know? So if you're very logical minded, data is good. Sometimes you need a lot of data. So, but what I really do with all of that data is I go inside and then I say, how do I feel about this? So I imagine myself selling the company right now. What does that feel like? And up to now, it hasn't felt good. I felt like there, I just felt in my body. It's like, it's, it's very similar to having a sixth grader. And somebody says, we want to put him in college. And you're like, what? <laughs> He's not ready for college yet, you know? So there's this, there's, that, that's a gut feel. You don't have, a mother doesn't have to have any sort of logic behind other than I just feel it's not time, right? And then at a certain point, you feel this natural wanting to like, okay, go, you know, that, that I know from being a mother that I have that innately within me. I remember being pregnant and I don't know if you've ever birthed a child, Amy Jo, but, um, and I'm not sure how it translates to other things. I can only speak because I have birthed children, um, but you know, it, it, there's a, that nesting thing at like month eight or nine, you know, um, well, month eight, you know, and you literally start cleaning the house, like everything in you is like, get it prepared. Like it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and no one has to tell you anything. It's literally natural within your being. And what I know is that will happen with poopery. It happened with my children being birthed. It happened with my children leaving the house. And this business is a living dynamic organism that we're playing together with. And I know at some point when it's ready, I will know it's ready. I will know everybody's ready. And that's when we will sell. And that's the only time we'll sell. It doesn't matter what number's written down on a checkbook because I want to be able to be full and complete within myself. And I will tell you the times that I've had offers before, there was lots of noise. Even my husband was like, you know, at the time was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is a lot of money. So sometimes it's not always the most logical thing. Well, you know, now it looks like it is because I built the company, you know, 10 to 20 times what it was. But, um, yeah, that's generally what I do. It all comes back to how do I feel? And my rule my rule is I want to be able to lay my head down at night and I want to feel complete. Incredible. I, thank you for for walking us through that. I think it's it's quite noble, but it's also you're really walking the talk because you start looking at those those zeros and a lot of, you know, it it sounds good, but when it comes down to the actual moment and the the offer in front of you, then it's it's different. Um, and another thing that you've been extremely honest about, and thank you so much for your, your fierce honesty with sharing your story is, so you've been through bankruptcy twice and then go on to build poopery and obviously doing very, very well, but you've, you've seen, you've seen the ups and downs and you've definitely, um, rebuilt for someone that's out there listening right now, because there are so many people that reach out and what would your advice be? Let's say there's someone driving to work right now on their commute. They're getting ready to go to this job that maybe they aren't totally in love with. And they've had this idea for a product or a business and they haven't taken action yet, but they're ready. What would be your first piece of advice to them? Well, I would first say, um, like, does the idea turn you on? Is it a logical thought? So, for example, 
you know, do you feel excited? Do you go through those three things? Does it keep haunting you in your mind? Do you get body sensations? Are you noticing people talk about things? Like that's when it's really prime and ripe and ready to come into the world, right? Um, So I would say if all of those things are there, there's a different, I would not tell you to do anything for success. For example, it's a logical plan. Well, you know, if I built a school right here, there are people around in this neighborhood and they send their kids to school and I should really do a school. Then I would tell you, don't do that. It's going to be a lot of strut. Not saying you can't make it happen. You can. It's just super, super hard and super difficult. And it may or may not work out. Whenever you're truly turned on by an idea, that means the idea and you are both resonant with each other. Um, you can both grow each other. You're going to grow with the idea. The idea is going to grow with you and together you're going to create magic. So that's what I would first of all say. If you have that and you are turned on, then I would just listen, listen and wait. Just like very similar to a new mother, a, a, a mother can birth a child without any assistance. I'm not condoning this, you know, whatever. We don't want to get into that argument. But the point is, it's our nature. Okay, you can birth the idea. And I will tell you, if the idea came to you, it's a resonant idea. Okay, because you wouldn't have it if you two didn't already resonate, especially if you feel really good. So what I would do is start looking around for the next step, because the next step will be shown to you. It'll be you'll be talking to someone and they'll say, you know, you'll say, I have this idea. And they'll say, you need to talk to a banker. I do. Why? Well, you know, you need to know what it would cost. Oh, okay. I need to talk to a banker. And literally, you're going to be shown step by step by step. You don't have to have the business plan, you know, sometimes you have to have goals and things, but the problem with business plans is it's it's based on the past. And also don't go out there and start looking at tons of competition because your idea has never been in the world before your personal expression. Sure. You can do a little competitive research and kind of look and see what's out there and see if it's kind of clear. But if someone else has a a dog toy, you know, you come up with the newest dog toy, you may go, well, there's already 10,000 dog toys in the world, right? But the point is your dog toy hasn't been in the world. And if it turns you on and you're excited, then I would just start waiting for steps. And then it, you will be shown the way no one has to tell you anything. The idea, it's almost like the energy together will start attracting what you need. And you're going to be like, I don't know, I was sitting next to this person on the plane and they happen to manufacture dog toys and he wants to talk to me about my brand. And that's the way it literally can work. That's great advice. I, I completely agree too. And, and there's, um, the, the universe does start to manifest for you if you, if, if it's right. So 100% agree with that. And wait for the right idea. Because you're going to waste a lot of what I did at my two bankruptcies, and the you know I can't even tell you how many businesses I had. I was always doing business. One could say, oh well, I learned a lot. I learned what not to do. Yeah, I did, but also they weren't ideas that turned me on. I was trying to do it to get an end goal to just make money. Now what I do, I do not do anything to make money, but I have a lot of money. Right? It's like that. The money is the side effect. It's not the thing. <laughs> And speaking of your idea, so share a little bit about that moment. So was there, you know, a, the what I call kind of the, the green lit moment where you knew this is it? And can you talk us through that a bit? Yeah, actually, I was in um, at a family dinner party and my brother-in-law said, 
and it was actually his original concept. He said, I wonder if odor can be trapped in a toilet. And I just remember immediately going, what? And then he, he had tried for a few years and couldn't get anything to work. And I just remember very clearly looking at him and going, I can do that with oils because I work with essential oils. It's been my passion and kind of hobby forever. Not forever, but, you know, for a number of years. And um, I just, I was obsessed. I just knew, I was not thinking, oh, I'm going to revolutionize the way you use the bathroom. None of those, I had zero plans. It was just, wow, what a fascinating concept. And I just know I can do this. So I spent nine months uh, mixing and I mean, every single day, every single person in my life thought I was crazy. That's another reason you can't get too much outside input. If I'd ran around and told everybody what I was doing and asked them what they thought, they would have told me it was a crazy idea. But instead, I just kept kept nurturing these, this natural curiosity that I had. And I just kept researching and trying and trying and trying and trying again. And finally, one day, my husband walked out of the bathroom and he just said, oh, my God, we're going to be millionaires. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, you just took the smell out of crap. <laughs> and was that the moment? <laughs> that was the moment when I was like, really? Okay. So then I sent it out to a few friends and then I started making it in my kitchen. And it's that story of really, it's still no plan. It was just like, oh, I want some and I want some and I want some. And I went, this is really something here. This needs to be on the market. And then I just started... Um, Really going, okay, if I'm going to market this, it needs to be funny because everybody's super repulsed when I talk to them about this. So I knew I had to have a funny name. I knew it had to be beautiful because I hated the metal cans on the back of toilets um, or under the cabinets, even more awkward. There are a couple of things that I knew I had. And, and in my book, you'll see about how to follow an idea, the creative process. I tell you to kind of get your cornerstones. And then once your cornerstones are there, you can just start building off of that. And it's really easy. Okay, so I have this burning question. So you you clearly are extremely passionate about your product, your company, you know, what you do. And and there's purpose. There's purpose that exudes from you. Yet okay, so there's this juxtaposition of everyone out touting you have to have extreme passion and and a sense of purpose if you're going to start something new and and love it, so on and so forth. Did you have that about this product or how do you kind of reverse engineer that in because you have it? But I, I imagine it'd be a bit of a jump to say you're extremely passionate and feel that there's a lot of purpose and crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's hard for me to even say that word, by the way, Susie, because we don't even use the the word uh, P-O-O-P in this household. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And we just, we have a puppy who obviously has to go to the bathroom often and it's our responsibility to accommodate that. And we call it boom, boom. boom, boom. <laughs> so. I love that boom, boom. Okay. So I can refer to it as boom, boom. So but from here on out, if we could please just refer to it as yep. boom, boom. Okay. So are you passionate about boom, boom? <laughs> I am not. I am not. That's what's so amazing. I am not. What I'm passionate about is the creative process. Um, there you go. And it does, yeah, and it doesn't particularly just stop at my company. It's, you know, I just uh, bought an old church that's 120 years old and I transformed it into my house. And that was a creative process. It's, it, it could be making dinner tonight. Like I'm passionate about creativity and I love how perceptive, I really appreciate how perceptive you are, Amy Jo, because I wasn't always passionate. I didn't always have purpose. Um, I had a midlife crisis 
pretty much I filed bankruptcy the second time when I was 40. And I was like, forget it. Like I'm done. I, I forget success, forget everything. And that started, that's when my spiritual journey started. And I really started doing a lot of really deep work within myself and within my being. And I became really happy. Um, by the time I was 42, it only took a couple of years for me to, to find really peace within myself, but that was my full-time job. I literally was like, screw all of this. Like there's gotta be a better way. Um, and then that's when I came up with the idea of poopery. So the thing is it's, it's poopery is not it. It is merely a creative playground and she's an amazing collaborator and play playmate, but she's not everything. The passion and purpose is the creative process and expression. That's what I'm passionate about. And if you and I were together, I'd be like, what do you want to do? Like, let's do something. Let's do something creative. Yes. You could say, I wanted to paint bodies and roll around. I'd say, okay, let's go to the store. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think this is such an important, important point to make because we have so much uh, conversation circling around us, whether it's inspirational quotes on Instagram or who, you know, this, this concept of, of purpose and passion. And just because the product itself, or maybe even the service itself, isn't the thing it can, it can be something else wrapped in it. So I, I think of Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos. He does, he has zero affinity to shoes. <laughs> like, does not care about shoes. You can ask him. He just, and he wears the same thing every day, pretty much. But he really became passionate and the purpose was found in the customer service and the company culture and so on and so forth. So um, you may have a great idea and think, wait, is there enough purpose in here or built in or baked in? And it, that it doesn't have to be so kind of one dimensional. That's super important. That's a really great observation. We actually found out our purpose too. So we've actually, that has been developed later too within our corporate, you know, what are our corporate, like we have commandments now that we only had, <laughs> you know, yeah, three years ago, you know, so we were just doing our thing and having a creative good time. And then people started asking, you know, when people, new people came in, we were like, Oh, we need to explain what's going on. So that's the only reason our purpose was innate and it wasn't necessarily written down. It was just, Oh yeah, we're just having fun here. We're trying to see how much poo spray wings, how much boom, boom spray we can sell in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom. Yes. Um, so, okay. (laughs) product, the boom, boom spray. Yeah. Maybe for dogs, because, uh, (laughs) I, it really, actually, I have to give credit to my, um, my cousins. They had a daughter and that's, that's their term. So, and now the vet uses it and kind of everyone I can to get to adopt that alternative phrase. So when we look at you, you mentioned your, your midlife crisis, you mentioned this two year self-work um, huge ROI time frame, and how do you keep your mind healthy? I keep my mind healthy. I do. Uh, I, I meditate twice a day. I do transcendental meditation. I've done that for a number of years, but I also um, have really found that uh, with a clear mind, that I'm more available for uh, creative expression. And the way I clear my mind is if something comes around about three times, and I pretty much do it. For example, there's a girl here in town that I want to make an apology to. And she used to work for me like five years ago, but it just keeps circling around in my mind. So I'm going to do that. 
I'm doing it for the purpose of freeing my mind. Does that make sense? Sure. It's not uh, some spiritual religious practice other than it keeps coming around. So it's somehow important. So it's like a, a cleansing mechanism that my mentor, Gay Hendricks, taught me that if it comes around three or more times, then just do it. Just have that conversation, no matter how sweaty and tough it can be, um, just to clear it out. So the more clear mind you have, my experience, the, the more creative expression I can um, have and play with. Makes sense. It's very strategic. Once again, it can be kind of converting what I call the fluff bucket, things that are just thrown into that fluffy kind of airy fairy bucket into strategy, into you'll you'll have a clearer mind after this. So that's that's great to hear. And as we look at the future, you mentioned building your brand and you're, you're in the process of that. A book will be a huge part of that. And, and that's awesome. Uh, when it comes to other things that are rolling around in that mind of yours, um, like buying a church and renovating it into your home, what else is on the horizon? Is there something that you've been thinking about that we could talk about now and, and maybe mobilize a little bit? A why not now? Uh, really getting the, the book birthed um, has been the why not now. I've been writing it for about a year and a half. <laughs> Everybody around me is like, when's the book coming? Um, I've been using my life as a living experiment also for the concepts that are in the book. So I've been doing, you know, sort of like a, a live Petri dish for the principles. Yeah, well, I want to make sure, you know, I'm really testing everything out. I'm testing um, a lot of people in my office are testing out the principles. So that's my biggest why not now is, and, and I'm curious, like, when's this thing? How long is this gestation period going to be? You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to birth that. Um, and the main catch that I have here is that I'm not particularly a great writer. I, I'm a great conceptor. <laughs> that's a word, but I can come up with concepts very well. But as far as the physical writing, I don't really love well, it takes a, a lot of skill to be able to thread 70, 80,000 words together and make them enjoyable for someone else. And I, I'm not necessarily either. I'm a very conversational writer. But to your point, um, that's sometimes when ghostwriters come in very handy or very good editors. So that's, that was my solution to that, that challenge. But, um, and not to harp on it, but is there anything that, that you have kind of out there that's maybe not time right now to say why not now, but out there and you know, it, maybe it's come around multiple times that, um, that comes to mind. And maybe this isn't a business thing. It could be a personal thing. It could be small, big. Yeah, that's really fun. So a, a big, big, big plan is that um, I have a concept for a virtual reality game. It's actually augmented reality through virtual reality. I don't know anything about virtual reality, but I had this amazing kind of meditation vision idea come to me. And that is my big, big, big plan. That along with um, doing an incubator for women's, uh, women entrepreneurs. Ooh, very, very cool. Very cool. And do you go through kind of a, a decision-making process or a thought process in terms of determining when the timing is right for that. So, you know, you have this big thing that you are going to tackle, a couple. But clearly, 
you're a go-getter and you, you would have started already if you felt it was time. Is it, is it amount of time in your day or how does that net out for you? It is. It's, it's, it's bandwidth. You know, for example, you know, we'll go back to children. You know, you may have two children and you want eight. And then you really have to kind of figure out, like, do I really want to birth eight children right now? So for me, it's a bandwidth. So what uh, my strategy part of this, Amy Joe, has been like I just hired a chief impact officer to here to kind of take some of the, the load off of me for, you know, no pun intended there, <laughs> but um, for <laughs> poopery. And um, she just started this week is her first week. So she'll get integrated and she'll be the main go-to person. I'm still the visionary and all of that, but that's going to free me up a little bit to be able to do some of the other things I want to do. So that's more of a bandwidth issue that I'm having right now. That makes total sense. And I'm excited to follow along and see how this virtual reality, augmented reality concept comes to life. And then also the incubator. Amazing and Love to talk to you more about that sometime, maybe offline. But uh, as we wrap up here, I have a few rapid fire questions. And the first is, what are you reading right now? And it's two part. What is your all time favorite book? Oh, it's so great. I'm reading nothing right now. I'm so tired of information. I think I'm an information overload. I'm reading not, literally nothing. Um, I'm taking a hiatus from books. My all time favorite book. I don't know if I really have one. I love learning. Um, not really. Eat, Pray, Love comes up. It's so cheesy, but I remember reading that and just being like, of course, it was very synchronistic with my life at the time. But that that that's probably my all-time favorite book because I did make a lot of changes in my life based on that book. Oh, I, I can echo that one. I love, love that book. Um, and, and thank you for being honest about the information overload because I know there are so many people listening who feel the same or have been looking for a bit of a, hey, it's okay to not be reading the very next whatever book that's being touted and whatever. And, and oftentimes, especially when it comes to business books or self-improvement, it just starts to all feel the same. So love that. <laughs> and what keeps you up at night? Nothing. What's really exciting, um, Amy Joes, I've done a lot of work on my mind and um, I sleep like a baby. Like I really haven't had anything keep me up in, you know, a couple of years. Good for you. That's awesome. And super important question. Hold on. I did have at one point hormones that were keeping me up at night, but I got those figured out. Well, there you go. 52. <laughs> Tackling, taking care of business. Um, <laughs> pirates or ninjas? Which is tougher and why? Ninjas. Because they work on a quantum, they can work on a quantum level. They actually can move time and space, you know, or at least appear to. Fair enough. Fair enough. And the final question, if you could give some advice to your younger self at any age that you choose, what advice would that be, Susie? That you are freaking awesome. That the world is waiting for your unique expression. Your unique expression. Every one of those little quirks are exactly what make you whole and complete. And don't listen to outside voices. Just keep trucking, doing your own thing because you're really good. <laughs> That's so powerful. I love it. And it kind of comes back to that childhood again. You remember how many times you just felt that you were awesome and and... Gosh, if we can get back there, imagine what we can do. 
I'm there a lot. I was telling, I was doing an interview with my house today. I'm not, you know, anyway, somebody's doing a story on it. And I was like, I feel like that little girl, do you remember that little Jessica? And she's like, I love my hair. I love my whole yes. house. <laughs> I love that, that video. Oh, it's awesome. I love that girl a lot. Like I just love everything. <laughs> You know, so a good friend of mine who was recently on the podcast, Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, and she talked about this. You just were echoing her so much. She talked about this moment not too long ago where she came across this old book from her grade school days. I think she was in eighth grade. And it said on the front of the book, just like a, um, a writing note, notebook, Shannon Lee is awesome. And she giggled to herself. And instead of just you know, having that moment and putting it aside, she decided right then and there that she was finally going to write her book. And it's something I've been just bugging her about for years. And like, Shannon, people want to hear your story too. And she's so focused on her father's legacy and building and growing and evolving that, that she decided to. And, and it's a, the self-actualization, the self-expression, um, it's just, it sounded a lot like what you, you just described. And, I can't thank you enough for your time, Susie, the energy. I'm totally just I, I, thinking about your words of how, physiologically, how do you feel when you're around certain people? And this interview, I'm on kind of uh, cloud nine. So that speaks volumes. We're resonant. And when you were talking about Shannon Lee, like I got chills all over. Definitely resonant. I can't wait to read her book. Whatever that message is, I feel it in my body. It's super resonant. So I love it. And, oh my God, you're such a joy. Oh, likewise. And we'll make sure to, um, well, speaking of the book, do you have any time frame uh, in terms of when it will be out? Uh, yeah, it'll probably be out on ebook. It'll be out by the end of this year. Okay. So I will uh, make sure to to pick it up and, and uh, share when it is out, of course. And, and thank you so much. Thank you, Amy Jo. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Susie talked a little bit about making decisions and how she likes to go inside and reflect internally more so than ask for outside opinions. And although, of course, it's always nice and in certain situations to field some advice, but I find myself more and more doing the same in terms of going inside and not necessarily... um, gauging interest from others and maybe it's stubbornness maybe it's age or maybe it's just kind of growing the why not now muscle or skill and improving it building it but it's something to think about you know if you have a why not now and you continue to ask people for thoughts and advice and feedback sometimes that can easily start to kind of soften and confuse us with our own thoughts and feedback. So just a little food for thought there. Shelfie Club. We haven't touched on the Shelfie Club in a little while. For those of you who are new, Shelfie Club is actually our book club. Instead of taking selfies, we take shelfies, photos of our books. You can be in the in the photo too if you want. I am reading right now 1984 by George Orwell. I'm a little late to the game. But this book is back, and it has been kind of surging in terms of uh, people's interest due to the current political state, I guess. Um, And, you know, 
it's a little dark for me. So I just kind of have to say, tell you like it is. I, I'm not loving it, but a lot of people really enjoyed it. I'm going to try and stick with it. Um, but we'll see. So I don't know that it's going to go on the list at the, at the moment. If you go to amyjomartin.com forward slash shelfy club, you can see a bunch of the books that, uh, we're reading. The other book that I am reading that I'm actually really enjoying, and I've talked about this, I think once before is it's called the spark and the grind by Eric wall, W A H L. And Eric is quite a creative genius in his own right. But in the book, he talks about the concept that, you know, we all try to bucket, oh, these are creative people. These are executors. And that's really not the case. And in order to be successful, you need to have both. And so he talks about that kind of yin and yang and combination of productive creativity. Uh, Eric is on the podcast on the next episode, so you will get to hear straight from him. But check out The Spark and the Grind, and I will add that one to the Shelfie Club. I want to hear what your why not now is. Please share it with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Amy Jo Martin. I'll send a signed copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Renegades Write the Rules to the first 200 people who listen, rate, and leave an honest review of the podcast in iTunes. And you'll also get a free month subscription from our friends at Headspace. This is only available to Why Not Now listeners. Once you've left a rating and review on iTunes, just email your iTunes handle name and your mailing address to whynotnow at amyjomartin.com and we'll get your package in the mail to you. For detailed show notes, head to amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. That's where you'll find links to things we discussed on the show, special offers, and how you can keep in touch with guests. Hat tip to my buddies Ash and Devin at Rock Salt Music for our tunes today. You just listened to the talented John Coggins in Let's Go and Let It Ride. And a jump high five to my talented husband, Richard Gruer, for producing the show and being patient with me. See you next time. Until then, why not now?